This episode is brought to you by Tovito, the Jewish video streaming app that parents call a lifesaver. With Tovito, I'm confident that when I give my kids video time, I'm giving them content that aligns with my family's values in a safe space. Whether it's because you're traveling with your kids, they're home from school while you're trying to get ready for Passover, or you just want to reward them with movie night, Tovito is there for you. And now you can claim 15% off the annual subscription using the code JMM at checkout. That's only $84.99 a year to access videos you approve of and that kids love. My kids rave about Tobito, and hey, I do too. Go check it out at Tobito.com. That's T-O-V-E-E-D-O.com. And use the code JMM at checkout to get 15% off your Tobito subscription. Now, just in time for Passover, when the kids will be home or you'll be traveling, download Tobito for kosher entertainment that will keep the family happy. Claim 15% off with the code JMM at Tobito.com. If you anticipate like that um, the world is going to say no to you, mm-hmm. or if you have shame around your needs based on how you grew up, when you go in for a job interview or you go in for a raise, how able are you really going to be, you know, going in anticipating that it's not going to work out for you? Mm-hmm. That's going to have an influence how you come across. And of course, it's not objective. You could be doing a fantastic job. You can be smart as a whip. But if you don't feel, if you feel shame around asking or, or your, or, or, or shame around your needs, you're going to, you know, all that, all that has to do is the person can put up a little resistance and you're already like, okay. Jewish Money Matters episode 318, your attachment style and your relationship with money. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. How does your attachment style impact your romantic relationships and your relationship with money? We're exploring attachment styles today with New York City psychotherapist Mark Scholes. Mark is the author of the popular book, Reset Your Romantic GPS, Why You Steer Toward the Wrong Partners and How to Change for the Better. He's been in practice for over 35 years and is a board member, faculty, and supervisor at the National Institute for the Psychotherapies, a leading training institute for psychotherapists. As you heard earlier, Mark shares how our attachment style might manifest itself in our behaviors with money, the way we spend it. save it and seek to earn it. But first, of course, we delve into what is attachment theory and what is a secure versus an insecure attachment style? How do people with either attachment style relate to themselves and to those outside of self? Can your attachment style be changed? If so, how? Can a person's insecure attachment style end up being their superpower? This and more with the fascinating Mark Scholes. (music) 
Mark Schultz, welcome to Jewish Money Matters. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Hi, Yael. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. I'm excited. You've been a psychotherapist in New York City for 35 years, and you have a book out, a popular book, Reset Your Romantic GPS, Why You Steer Toward the Wrong Partners, and How to Change That for the Better. And so today we're going to talk about the role of our attachment style, which you'll explain soon, what that what that role is, how that plays in our lives, and how that impacts our relationships and also our relationship with money. You know, as I was reading your book, I kept thinking, you know, our, our relationship with money is something that comes up in almost every facet of our lives, and it definitely comes up in our marriage. We all know that. And I think your advice on attachment theory and styles will help our listeners both see how they relate to money and how that is being played out in our romantic relationship. So welcome. I'm really thrilled to have you. Thanks. And I, and I want to start there because you do say that one of the number one issues that you see people coming into your practice is the struggle of being drawn to certain types of certain kinds of relationships and people, but the relationship doesn't work out or it's not fulfilling. And they're just, but they're just back in the same place. It's like this pattern that not, they're not breaking. And, and as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, wow, this is just like with money. You know, it's it's like you often date the, and I give the example to my students, you know, how you often date the same person um, and you're like, how come that's happening? And then with your money, you often repeat the same patterns. And it's like, well, I wasn't going to do that anymore. <laughs> and you say it has yes. to do with attachment style. So tell us what that is. What's happening inside of us that's creating these patterns of behavior? Yeah, okay. you're absolutely right, by the way, as I'm right before I'll get into it. Uh, you know, one's relationship with people. I mean, money is also a relationship. And um, it's a powerful relationship. So I think you'll, you're right. You, we'll see a lot of similarities in, you know, um, one's relationship with money in terms of their attachment styles. So just to, you know, the most basic way of just quickly paraphrasing what an attachment style is, is that, you know, when we grow up, when we're born and we're infants and we, our caretakers, uh, you know, take care of us. Um, you know, with attuned enough caretaking, with enough um, good enough responsiveness, a number of things happen. One is that um, the infant and the child begin to internalize this sense that what I need from the world is okay, because mm-hmm. it's being responded to needs for self, you know, for regulation, for um, for um, uh, biological, for hunger for um for caretaking needs all the you know for eye contact all of these kinds of, of needs that come from the ch- the child the infant the environment is responding to well enough so the child first experiences that what i need is okay and they also begin to internalize that there's something out there and someone out there that's going to relieve me mm-hmm. and so they internalize this sense of security, not only that they're okay, but that the world is also going to um, relieve, you know, in a good enough way, their discomfort. So they internalize this sense of stability yeah. and security yeah. and go out into the world in a way where they feel like, you know, they have a life jacket. So they're going to go through the ups and downs of life 
with this internal sense that they can pretty much anticipate they will be okay. Mm -hmm. So that is a secure attachment. Okay. Okay. Now, an insecure attachment, you know, you, you can imagine is the same infant and child who has the same needs, but has an environment in which there really is not a good enough responsiveness, attuned enough responsiveness, or there is just basic neglect. Mm-hmm. And so um, a couple of things happen here that's very different. The child internalizes a sense that I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. There must be something about what I need, which is not getting the environment to respond to me. So therefore, something about me is not okay. Mm. Um, and the other thing that they learn is they become, in, because we all have a need to, for attachment. It's our, it's our number one motivation. Without attachment, we, we feel like we're going to, you know, an infant is not going to survive. Right. So the infant and the child become preoccupied with the other. What can uh, I do and cha- how can I change myself to accommodate to what the other can tolerate? And so now security, instead of being internalized in oneself, security now and feeling stabilized exists outside the self. Mm-hmm. So very different experience as you go out into the world. Now, you, the only, the, the, the main way of feeling stabilized and secure is through the relationship to the other, but not even what you may need. It's what the other needs. And so you learn to accommodate, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. security and stability becomes something that um, has to be created on kind of an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's very hard to um, delay instant gratification for longer term satisfaction when you have this kind of attachment style and you could imagine that with people, you could imagine that with your relationship with money as well. So interesting because that could, now that I hear you explain it so clearly, well, as a parent, now we know <laughs> how important good enough. it's also good enough. It does not have to be perfect, of course. And we're talking about bad enough too, right? right? So anywhere in between is generally, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it's it's a continuum. Right. And and we don't know what our attachment style is until we start exploring it with somebody like you. So it's like we're operating on a subconscious script almost. That that is true. We it's a language. So our attachment style becomes a language that we learn of how to connect. Mm-hmm. And so if our language is accommodating in order to connect, that's our language which with how to connect. We just Mm -hmm. don't all of a sudden start not speaking that language. And Mm -hmm. it's usually through trial and error, you know, do you figure out something? There's some way my way of connecting is not working for me, Mm -hmm. right? Or Mm -hmm. it is working for me. And that's usually how people begin to get curious about something going on here that I'm not clear about. Mm -hmm. And so learning about these styles and um, which is something that, you know, attachment theory has become a much more popular um, a theory, and it's it's much more available to people if they want to Google it or read about it. You know, as you become aware of these styles, then at least you begin to have a, a kind of control if you want to 
try and change it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do people tend to, you know how they say that opposites attract? Do people tend to, if I have an insecure attachment style, I tend to pair up with a secure attachment style person? Is that how, or no? Yeah, well, um, that, that, that would be the, that would be a good goal, but that's not usually what happens mm. because what happens is a person with an insecure attachment style usually finds somebody who they feel uh, they have to accommodate to. It's they're usually not drawn to somebody who's just who's attuned. They're usually not drawn to somebody who knows how to meet that person's needs. Mm-hmm. That right. would feel unfamiliar. Uh-huh. What would feel familiar would be somebody who doesn't really meet their needs, and the person continues to try to get that kind of aloof, often an insecure attached person kind of is more drawn to more avoidant mm-hmm. um, kind of person, someone who they're trying to get. And if they just get it right, then, you know, um, the love will come. Right, 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 right. I, I could see them falling for narcissists and this type of um, types, right? Yes, for, 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 more, for more selfish kind of self-involved, critical, mm-hmm. maybe kind of person. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, and a more securely attached person, they can ch- choose more, a more insecurely attached person. I mean, look, securely attached people are, are, are more stable, but they can also, you know, um, a person may want something with a little more flavor or a little bit more emotional volatility <laughs> and they, they can be drawn to more of a choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So d- before we, before we get into couples a little bit more, which I, I do want to discuss, um, let's paint, I'd love for you to paint the picture for listeners on how these two attachment styles, secure, insecure, can manifest in our financial lives. Because I'm already seeing I, I, there, there must be some financial implications in terms of our money management and choices we make. Don't you think, Mark? Yeah, a hundred percent. Percent. And um, I mean, one of them being that if our if our security and this is going to sound a little parad- paradoxical but if 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 our security exists outside of us for an insecure attached person right they're going to it's going to be hard for them to kind of think about long term kind of satisfaction mm. long term growth long-term saving they need something now now mm-hmm. so they may tend to overspend to see oh yeah i need a vacation you know i need it i can look forward to it i can't afford it but i'll worry about that later because that feeling of having that now will feel great for now and then of course they are going to start getting anxious for how they're going to afford that right. so they you know, they don't necessarily look at their checkbook or they don't necessarily think about the cost of what it's going to be because there's more of an impulsiveness. Uh, and on the other hand, you may get somebody who who is consumed with not spending anything, with just saving because mm-hmm. they, they're so frightened that they may not have right. so that they just want to kind of hoard a little bit mm-hmm. or, you know, um, um, not live. You know, um, not take any risk. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And um, anything sort of that gets polarized like that doesn't right. work well. 
Right, 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 right. So basically we're looking, it, 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 it's the, the person is looking for that security outside of themselves and anything that they feel can provide that, that feeling, whether it be hoarding or will be overindulging. They're just, it's, it, it's almost irrational, right? It's an emotional reaction. It's, um, it's exactly, it's, mm. it's not rational, but it's rational if you think about it in terms of, it's compensating for some kind of self-regulation. Right. You know, the, the last thing people want to do is feel like that they're sinking, mm-hmm. right? So if something leaves them feeling like they're not drowning, even though they're going to feel like they're drowning later, later. you know, mm-hmm. it becomes, uh, uh, there's a compulsiveness to it and a non-rationality to it. And that's unfortunate because it's, um, you know, it gets, it digs people, you know, uh, it digs the hole more, more deeply, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's another layer here that I'm thinking about, like career choices or advocating at work, looking for different opportunities, negotiating, quoting clients, right? Things that really directly impact our ability to, to earn more. Does the attachment style, do you think the attachment style influence those? I I do. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because, so for instance, if you anticipate, like that um, the world is going to say no to you, mm-hmm. or if you have shame around your needs based on how you grew up, when you go in for a job interview or you go in for a raise, how able are you really going to be, you know, going in anticipating that it's not going to work out for you? Mm-hmm. That's going to have an influence how you come across. And of course, it's not objective. You could be doing a fantastic job. You can be right. smart as a whip. But if you don't feel, if you feel shame around asking or, or your, or, or, or shame around your needs, you're going to, you know, all that, all that has to do is the person can put up a little resistance and you're already like, oh, right. oh okay, I understand. Right. Um, and the other thing is, for for leadership jobs, right? For CEO jobs, or just for leadership jobs in general, a person with an insecure attachment is more accustomed to knowing what to do for the other, but mm. not necessarily how to lead. Mm. Right? They they really need to have somebody to please or to look for validation, um, and so they're going to usually need to stay in a position. Uh, where they overwork, right? And you know, um, and are willing to do that. They could even be underpaid, mm-hmm. you know, um, so long as they feel like they're needed. Right, right. This is so so fascinating. Um, you know, going back now to the couples, uh, you and I both know that money is probably one of the top causes of um, arguments and discord among yes. couples when. When, when they come up, when they come to your office and you see that there's constant tension arguments about money, um, do you point this out to them? Do you, can you, you, do you see that it could be from two different attachment styles that are paired up or, 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 you know, something there that's going on? And I guess what could these couples be doing better? How can they find common ground? Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's a great question. I mean, there are a number of different. Uh, money is a, is a huge issue, mm. you know, um, it's, uh, and one's relationship to money is a huge issue. So, so firstly, you know, 
couples come in. There are couples who, uh, I mean, there are people who hide, um, you know, um, uh, purchases. Right. Um, there are couples who have um, um, accounts that um, the other partner doesn't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and there are couples who fight a lot about how, um, how they, how each person handles bills mm-hmm. or choices. So the first thing I try to help couples realize is that they have a relationship to money themselves. Right. When, when topics, when topics around money get hot, I, I, I usually let them know they're no longer talking about money. Mm. They're talking about, you know, how did they get brought? What was money like in their family? Right. How did their family talk about money? You know, um, is there shame around money? You know, um, is there um, anxiety around, you know, people of, go- uh, you know, of, of going, um, of losing money? Mm-hmm. So first, want to help people understand that they have a relationship with money themselves right now you take two people together and um and the more they can talk about it um the better yeah yeah i i often say the same thing because we don't know that we have that relationship ourselves and then we come into a relationship we don't know the others right but we we don't even know ours so now you you have two relating to money in completely different ways. They have different stories, which might be related mm-hmm. to their attachment styles and plus everything else they saw growing up at home at their home of origin. So, you know, it starts with knowing what's your story so that you can even articulate it to somebody else and also empathize with their story. A hundred percent. And mm. I mean, and that's what, I mean, ultimately what makes a successful couples therapy is when each person can have some understanding and empathy around the other's relationship to money. Right. Right. You know, right. and yeah. 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 So, so let's talk about the change now that was a perfect segue because we're just talking about couples and they should communicate and, and develop that empathy, but back to our attachment styles. I know that you have a, a lot of advice on not just learning what your attachment style is, but also how to, change that, how to rewire that, because you claim that it can be changed. So can we get a little tactical here, Mark, and and walk people through the process of discovery and and perhaps even changing their attachment style? Yeah. Um, So again, the first, so yes, um, you can change your attachment Mm -hmm. style. Um, And yes, you can rewire your brain, you know, um, so that the unfamiliar, (laughs) yeah. Um, so that the unfamiliar and the uncomfortable be- can become more familiar and more mm-hmm. comfortable. And for, look, I have a, I have a lot of, I mean, I, I grew up myself with an insecure attachment style. I, I was, um, I was born with a very care, you know, charismatic, but very um, depressed mother. Mm-hmm. I was born with a, with a, with a, a empathic disposition and, you know, I started, you know, counseling her at a young age. And um, that was my way of understanding how to be in a relationship to, to you know, um, privilege the other's needs sort of mm-hmm. more than my own. And it's kind of got me out of touch with my own needs. And, you know, I've and it made me a very good therapist, you know, to be able to be attuned and empathic to others. But I had to learn, you know, my own ways of, you know, changing that kind of attachment style. 
and being drawn to people who didn't need to be fixed or taken care of. But of course, that leaves you without your language and that leaves you without feeling, um, you know, originally why you were valued. And those are uncomfortable and new experiences to be able to 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 tolerate. Mm -hmm. So I know firsthand you can change it. I'm married 25 years. I have three kids. It's, you know, but, uh, you know, I had some rocky relationships in my day. (laughs) Uh, And um, and so. And so really, um, it's about becoming comfortable with what's good for you mm. and um, and letting go of what's familiar, but what's not good for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the first thing a person needs to do is kind of question, are these relationships I'm in, um, are they good for me? Are they healthy? You know, often a person may really feel that this person is not nice to me. Right. They're very critical of me. And yet I, um, you know, um, I'm frightened to leave them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so the first thing is to notice there's something going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first thing to notice. And um, and then the way to change these kinds of things, which... Uh, um, there, I, I write in the book, there are some very simple, simple things you can do that have nothing to do with um, the relationship at first, but it's noticing um, your relationship to other things. So um, it can be noticing your relationship to food, right? Ah. Uh, we get cravings. So I like to say this line, you know, be brave, ask why you crave. Mm-hmm. So if you have a craving, Craving's a great thing to take a notice of, to take a deep breath, to notice that you're craving. What what am I what am I putting on this thing I'm craving? Mm-hmm. What am I feeling emotionally that I feel if I don't get to have this thing, I'm going to feel disappointed or I'm going to feel empty, mm-hmm. right? Begin to notice um and be mindful around your relationships to food. Mm-hmm. Uh, exercise. Right. So um, insecurely attached people, strangely enough, often dread exercise. The reason they dread exercise is because exercise is about focusing on the self and insecurely attached people are not supposed to focus on themselves. They're supposed to focus on the other. So there's often a dread like, oh, boy, you know, um, it's going to take me away from what I know. So you have to take that dread with you. You have to do 30 minutes of cardiovascular exercise three mm-hmm. times a week. You have to do that so that when you when you do it, what happens is you end up feeling like you've taken care of yourself. You end up feeling better about yourself. And that is a message to the brain. When I'm good to myself, I actually feel better. Yeah, I'm right? safe. I'm still safe. I'm still safe. Exactly. Not only safe, but I'm even safer than I was before. Right. The other is five minutes of mindful meditation, literally just five minutes of focusing on your breath, noticing when your thoughts wander, coming back to your breath, noticing when your mind wanders and coming Mm. back to your focusing on your breath. Why do you do this? For insecurely attached people, believe it or not, just being with the self is something that may be new. And when you can sit for five minutes, 
and it's not so simple, and notice where your mind wanders and come back to your breath, you begin to have an experience that there's a self that can be come back to. Mm. And that self is okay. And you literally have an experience of I'm okay. Mm. Mm. This is so fascinating. Because like you said, you wouldn't think that these things have anything to do, but they bring you back to that which you need to train yourself to be focused on self, not on other. It's fascinating. Exactly. You're saying it. I mean, you're, you're, you're getting this better than, than, than I get it. Exactly. You're training your brain to, exactly, to come back to something that's there. And the same thing for sleep, you know, um, put down your phone one hour, mm. uh, you know, uh, insecurely attached people go at the end of the night because they've done so much accommodating and they've worked so hard are looking for some relief. And so they often scroll through, you know, social media or want to watch some show that they want some fulfillment before they go to bed. So I'm saying go in the other direction. Put the phone down for an hour before, maybe Mm -hmm. read, get a good night's sleep. And if you can tolerate, you know, not looking to be filled and see that you feel better than that when you treat yourself well and in a healthy way. That's the first step in in going out into the world of relationships mm-hmm. and saying no to something that is not good for you. Mm-hmm. You need to have some relationship with the self right, right. to come back to. Right, right, right. Fascinating. And, and it, we could already see how this translates into even making better financial choices, right? You're, you're more confident. You know, you know yourself. You know what you want. You know what's good for you. What's not good for you. You can delay gratification, as you said before. You can advocate. It, it's absolutely fascinating. Now, I exactly. want to make sure that listeners don't feel like, oh, I'm at fault here because I have mm. an insecure attachment style or I've been dealt a bad card. You know, I think the message here is really one of a growth opportunity, right? Can, can we go as far as to say that, Mark, that we could turn this into some sort of a strength maybe? Um, oh, at, first of all, at, at, you know, um, growing, when we get, when getting over adversity is one mm. of the things we can do that makes us, you know, incredibly strong. And so I, I like to say, look, uh, you know, having an insecure attachment has nothing to do with the essence of the person, right. nothing. It's something that was imposed. It's something that was learned and you learned it in order to survive. Mm-hmm. You did it to adapt to an environment that may have been subpar. And so it has nothing to do. The tragedy is that, you know, um, again, it, it's, it has nothing to do with one's being good or bad. Right. And so um, as you can understand there's a pattern and you can break free from it, there's such an opportunity to be your authentic self and to give that authentic self an opportunity to um, to be who it can be. Mm, yeah. And um, already they're usually empath- uh, insecurely attached people are usually very empathic and attuned, we just need to turn that attunement and empathy back on the self mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. be as good to the self as you would to the person whom you're trying to get to love you. Yeah. Yeah. And then it can become a real superpower, actually. 
and then it's a superpower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love what I love what you just said because you just said such a Jewish concept right there that it's it's the at the essence of the person is untouchable. At the essence, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, yes. And it's such a beautiful idea because as you were describing the child at the beginning of this conversation, the child internalized that there's something intrinsically wrong with them, but there actually isn't. It's just the circumstances around them make them, um, you know, find that or interpret the interpret life as such. But that doesn't mean that they're tainted, God forbid. No, they're not tainted at all. They're just, that's the language that they learn that would keep them afloat. And, you know, it's something that we do until we have an alternative um, way of being. And of course, I think it's also a Jewish idea that, you know, I think somebody taught me once there's, uh, we're given like um, the, the, the mitzvahs that are hardest for us, right? So somebody would say, somebody told me once, like, if you if you're if you go to a store and you don't steal anything, that's no big deal. Right. But if you're a kleptomaniac and you make it through a store without stealing something, you you overcome something. It's not the greatest example, but you know. So yes. so when we do something that's good for us, mm-hmm. although it may be uncomfortable and um, um, and and unfamiliar, you know that's the thing that. That's a good. That's a good thing. Yeah, we get yeah. something from that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I'm actually wondering if a lot of Arjun post. Well, I'm not. Well, I guess maybe. Like, I guess my. I'm thinking of my mother-in-law and that generation of post-Holocaust children. Like, maybe yeah. there were a lot of people who had an insecure attachment. I mean, that would make sense, right? Well, that yes, that that would make a lot of sense. Sure. Tragically yeah. so, tragically so. Yeah. Mark, this has been fascinating. You are in New York City. We have a private practice, but I'm sure you do virtual um, visits as well, do you? Yes, I do a lot of virtual work, yeah. Amazing, amazing. So yeah. the book, again, I want to remind everybody is Reset Your Romantic GPS, Why You Steer mm-hmm. Toward the Wrong Partners and How to Change for the Better. Um, mm-hmm. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it anywhere, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. where can people connect with you and reach you? I have a website, uh, Mark Scholes, M-A-R-C-S-H-O-L-E-S-L-C-S-W.com. And I also mm-hmm. have, uh, you know, on Instagram, I have a Mark Scholes LCSW Instagram with some positive statements, a couple amazing. of uh, ideas that 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 self-affirming ideas, things like that, that they can follow on that as well. Amazing. Thank you, Mark, so much. This was so enlightening. I really, really appreciate the visit. It was really, really nice talking to you. You really just, you're very insightful, Yael. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks to Mark Scholz for stopping by. His book is Reset Your Romantic GPS, Why You Steer Toward the Wrong Partners and How to Change for the Better. You can reach out to Mark on his website, markscholzlcsw.com. Or you can reach him on Instagram. He's at Mark Scholes LCSW. Thanks for being here. I know you've got so much to do and I appreciate your time. Always striving to make that time worthwhile by bringing you content that makes your life richer and better. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and rating on your Apple Podcast app. I will be, God willing, back here Friday to tackle your questions. You still have time to send those in. Please email me, yael at yaeltrush.com or DM me on Instagram with your questions. Have a great day.